Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 152. Today, I'm going to be sharing the story of one of our students. Her name is Christy Wharton that took her business from $8,000 in sales just two years ago and is on pace this year to do a quarter of a million dollars in sales in her business. She went from not having a single person on her team, rank advancing, little to no duplication whatsoever, to now has 25 people that have rank advanced and over a half a dozen that have reached like the foundational leadership rank in her company. Christy is crushing it. And you want to know the secret to her success? Onboarding. So I'm actually going to be sharing with you today an interview that I did with Christy, and she's going to talk about some of the things that she did in her business to help her go from being stuck and struggling and very underpaid in her business to having the kind of results that she is having today. But here's the main focus is going to be the importance of implementing an onboarding system that works. And I know that we've talked about onboarding before on this podcast. And if you don't know what onboarding is, it's basically just training your new consultants and your new reps. It's having a clearly defined, simple system, a process, step-by-step process for getting new people started. And this is, in my experience, by the way, it's probably the number one area that I've seen that people's businesses break down in, in terms of duplication. So if you're somebody that you're struggling to see any duplication, your team's not growing, or you just haven't done a great job creating leaders, I promise you it's because of onboarding. So you either don't have a system or your system is way too complicated and it doesn't work. So we're going to be digging deep into onboarding. Christy's going to be sharing her story. This is going to be a really, really powerful episode. And hey, look, big announcement. We are doing a free training on onboarding next week. So uh, in June, the month of June, or just in a couple of weeks here from when I film this, are the topic inside of my certification program, the Legacy Leadership Academy, is onboarding. But we're going to be doing a free training, and I'm going to be sharing with you the three biggest mistakes that leaders make when it comes to onboarding new people that literally keeps them stuck. So I'm going to break down the three biggest mistakes in this free training. It's open to any of you that want to register. All you have to do is go to yourvirtualupline.com forward slash onboarding yourvirtualupline.com forward slash onboarding. We will put that link in the show notes, but it is going to be an incredible, credible training. So promote that to your teams. Look, we've only got very limited amount of spots on this Zoom. Our Zoom capacity is only 3,000 for a webinar, and I know that we're going to max that sucker out. So spread the word, get yourself registered, promote that. I promise you, you are going to learn whether you've got a system already or you don't going to give you some really valuable tips in that training. It's happening next Wednesday night at the time of this recording. Next Wednesday, which would be, bear with me one second, I believe that would be the 
7th, I should have looked at that before I started recording. Yep, Wednesday the 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. We will send out a replay to those of you that can't make it live, but just go check that out. But let's go to the interview with Christy, and let's talk about onboarding. All right, everybody. Well, I am excited to introduce to you one of our star students inside of the Legacy Leadership Academy, Christy Wharton. Christy, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, we're excited. And uh, I can't wait to have you share your story with everyone. And so just a, a quick little background on what brought this kind of chat to fruition. Christy joined our program in uh, July of 2019. Um, at that point, she had pretty much been in her business for one year. And uh, she'll obviously go a little bit deeper into this. But one of the reasons why she joined our program was she was really struggling with building a team. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people come into our certification program for is they want to learn how to put the right systems in place, how to become a better leader so that they can grow their teams and see more duplication. But Christy was somebody that was having a lot of personal success with sales and recruits, but that wasn't necessarily translating into the growth of her team. She kind of had a, a sneaky suspicion that onboarding was something that she needed some work on. And that's like one of our biggest things that we teach leaders how to do. But so she joined in July of 2019. Her first year, if you kind of annualize what she would have done, she would have done right around $16,000 in, in volume that first year, total team sales. Joined our program implemented our onboarding process that we teach. She got some additional mindset coaching that she didn't realize she needed, which we'll talk about. But she finished the year. So this is crazy. Finished 2019 at 100 and about $114,000 in total team sales, but it gets even better. The last three months of the year, her team did $80,000 in sales. So she was, before she joined, she was on pace to just do a little bit better than she would have her first year. But she had some really important mindset shifts as a leader. And she implemented this onboarding system that we're going to talk about today that helped her, you know, crush it. And, you know, we'll, her, she and I have chatted a little bit since things have progressed. She shared with me that she's on, you're on pace to do what, how much this year, Christy, if you continue? So if we continue on, almost a quarter of a million. Wow. So yeah. literally from like... Four, like 8,000 the first eight, year. Yeah, like eight, 16,000 if you extrapolate over a year to like a quarter of a million. And you shared with me that you really hadn't had anybody that achieved a rank on your team before you joined. And now you've had how many people that have rank advanced? We've helped. Well, actually now, now probably 28 different rank advancements. Wow. And it may be with, you know, similar people, right? Yeah. Not, not exactly 28 people, but 28 different rank advancements. So 28 rank advancements. And how many of those people are like at your key leadership rank now? Three. Wow. Three. Good. And we're working on, we're working on like four five and six right now. Wow. So not only just like helping people rank advance, but you're like creating leaders by oh, yeah. some of the things that you've done. So, okay, cool. So I'm going to be done talking here because I'm sure everybody wants to hear from you. So what, what did you do that helped you create such growth and create leaders on your team? Let's talk first, we'll get into the onboarding, but let's talk first a little bit about the mindset. Because I think that when you first joined, you didn't, maybe you didn't necessarily realize that that was something that you needed some help with. Talk to me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, you and I had talked about that before. I mean, 
when when I originally joined, right, and when actually when I got into network marketing, I I had some success early on, and then the problem was it like it was not duplicating. That word duplication, that word system, all those things I had never heard those things till I started following you. So I mean, literally, if you can narrow it down to one thing I did, it was literally like stumble on one of your videos. That was the the very first thing. But then when I, when I joined in July of of last year, you put us through, and I don't remember what we called it at that time, Bob. Now it's the formula for transformation, I know, but yeah. it was some kind of leadership. Yeah, it's it basically it's like our mindset reboot where we dig into right. the power of belief and th- and your thoughts. Right. And I, I can recall, I'm a stickler for, okay, if someone gives me a pathway, I'm going to do that exact pathway. Right. So even though I thought, well, I don't really think I need this. <laughs> I'll do this so that I can get to what I really wanted. And so I went through that and through that process, my mind was completely opened to, you know, maybe why I had had some initial success, but then why I wasn't seeing that duplication. It all really comes back to your beliefs and your thoughts and your feelings about your current circumstances. And so, you know, if you're someone that can come in and and have that, right, for yourself, and then you have this team that maybe you're not sure where their beliefs are or, you know, what their backgrounds are. And then also it's a skill, you know, the skill of the system combined with that, right? So I had some beliefs about what I could do, but I didn't have the skills. I really didn't know how I did it. And I didn't have the beliefs in terms of me being able to teach someone else how to do what I did. It was unconscious. A lot of it was unconscious. And so much of what you do is literally bringing us to awareness of why we do things, how we do things, breaking it down into simple little parts and being able to translate to someone else how to do those things. Well, let's talk a little bit about belief because really all belief is, is it's a story, right? We create a story about everything in life. Specifically, we create a story about ourselves as it relates to our business. And a big part of that story that oftentimes winds up limiting people that I struggled with this for years and it sounds like you did is we develop this story and belief that maybe we're not a good leader. Mm-hmm. And so when I think when I look at your business, you were kind of a year into the process of doing this and had these people that were joining your team, but for whatever reason they weren't able to see the same level of success as you. How did that over time, how did that make you feel? What was kind of that story that you unconsciously created about yourself? It was literally that stuck kind of frustration with myself, with the process, with, you know, with them. And I'm a knowledge seeker by nature, so I knew the answers were out there. I just had to to find them. It literally is that awareness of it. Um, if it takes you a while to figure that out, that, that you need help, uh, and you don't stumble on the right help, right? I mean, that that it's just that that stuck kind of hopelessness to some extent. I mean, it would only be natural for you to just question, you know, is it me? Am I the reason why these people aren't succeeding? And I can assume, especially if it goes on for a long period of time, even longer than, you know, because I hear so many stories in our LLA now of people that have been in network marketing for seven years or, you know, six, five, four, three, whatever, how many years? I just feel fortunate that I found you (laughs) so early on. Yeah. 
So you joined, you went through this kind of, I like to just call it like the mindset reboot where we, it's interesting. Most, a lot of our students come to us because they want to get out of that hobbyist role that we talk so much about treating their business like a hobby. And they want to know what it means to run a real business and systems are a big part of that. So they come to us thinking they need systems, but then we take them through this process of becoming aware of their mindset and so in that process of you becoming aware and saying, hey, maybe I've got some of these things going on in my head that, that are keeping me from the results that I wanted, what were some of the realizations that you had in terms of like, how did your mindset improve or what was the new perspective that you had in terms of uh, going through that process? You know, I think the, the biggest thing is when you look around and you don't see that the circumstances that you want in, in any area of your life, then you can trace it back to past thinkings that you have had about yourself and where you are. And you can consciously choose a different thought that's going to create a different feeling that's going to lead to a different action that's going to eventually give you results. Mm. And that is, I mean, that's your formula broken down step by step. And now it's a conscious thing that I practice every single day. And then I teach it to my team to try to let them practice that exact same thing over and over again too, to reach those that, you know, you can, you have so many people when you get into this, uh, if it's something that you've never done before, um, to say those things, you, you know, how can, how can you do this? You've never run a business before. And just because you look around and see that that's the reality, that doesn't mean that you can't consciously change that. Yeah. So it's so powerful. And that, that is essentially, it's a system, right? Managing your thoughts is a system. But the, what I love about what you're saying is you just, you broke the pattern of looking to your results of today. So when we talk about circumstances, that's like our, the size of our team and how much money we make. You broke the pattern of looking to your results to help you determine what you believe to be possible for your future. And this is the trap that so many people fall into. You, you know, the formula teaches us it's our thoughts that create our reality. And like you said, you put it perfectly, your lack of results was a byproduct of the negative thoughts and these limiting stories that you had yesterday. And, and what you woke up to is if I can, in the moment, choose more empowering thoughts and beliefs that serve me, it will allow me to start to show up and take action in my business in a way that I never had before. And, and that, what impact did that have in, in your life and in your business? It stops. And I think what it does for so many people is it stops that achievement mind, you know, that achievement trap that you talk about where I'll start doing if I see the results, right? So many people, they don't, you know, it's the, uh, I'll start doing when I see, uh, I'll believe when I can see it instead of understanding that that belief is where it all starts. Yeah. Well, it just comes down to acknowledging that you, you've you got what you need, right? That you are yeah. worthy. Right inside you and that, that you're, yeah. no, you know, you're no more worthy. You know, then it, when, when you have those results than you are right now, and it literally is all, all inside you, you just have to be consciously aware of those limiting beliefs, if you don't, if you're not aware of them, then, and, and we act so much on our subconscious level, we do things and say things that we're not even aware of where that is coming from. And so now I can stop. And if I, it, cause I have limiting beliefs still to this day. And I was talking to one of my leaders on my team yesterday, we, we were talking and she did. And I said, 
you're telling yourself a story that is no longer serving you. Yeah. You know, and this, and she said, you're, um, you're so right, but you have to be conscious of it yeah. in that moment. If you yeah, say you're not good at social media or you're, you know, you can't speak in front of people or whatever it is, where did that come from? Where did that feeling come from that led to that action and that result that you currently have? Yeah. Shifting your subconscious core beliefs is, is the most important thing you'll do in your life. And so, so essentially you, you started from this place where you finally, you know, we talk about love, serve, grow, it's loving yourself and it's accepting yourself. And, you know, it's acknowledging that, Hey, I might not have all, like you said, I don't have all the skills I need yet, but it doesn't mean that I can't it's adopting that kind of growth mindset. So let's talk a little bit about shifting into the skills and the, and the execution. And I know the biggest thing for you was onboarding. And, and I have to tell you, I've, in, in my career as a distributor and, and having taught thousands and thousands of leaders, I've identified onboarding as the number one area where duplication breaks down for people. So if you're listening to this now, you're not able to grow your team or you've grown your team, but you haven't done a real good job creating leaders, I promise you it's an onboarding issue. Most people either don't have an onboarding, like a simple step-by-step way of training new consultants, or they have one, but it's just too overwhelming. Which one of those two buckets did you fall in? Did you not have one or did you have one that just was a little bit too much and it wasn't effective? Where were you at when you joined? So personally, I did not have one. So I had joined a team in a very new company. And so our team, none of our team had been in really been in direct sales before. So I came into a team where there was a lot of stuff, a lot of information, but no clearly defined step-by-step in your first few days, do this, you know, the 2730 plan, you call it, I've translated it to the 3730 plan, literally putting yourself back in the shoes of a, a new consultant, distributor, whatever, and simple things that will get that person a result very quickly um, because that's what we're after, right? We're after them getting a result, hopefully in the first 14 days. Um, that, that was my mentality. Uh, and, and you gave us that framework. And, and so I knew very early on when I started following you, uh, I found you in February. So I found you about six months into my, my career in network marketing about four months after I decided I wanted to do this. And so I watched every free thing that you had and had narrowed in that, that onboarding of course was my, the key system that I wanted thinking that that once I got that, everything else would be great. And it has helped tremendously, but so much more has come you know, to light the mindset part of it, because even if you're creating your results, you're going to hit a wall at some point where those beliefs are going to you know, those limiting beliefs for you are going to kick in too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, onboarding, being able to, com- you know, create that simple plan. So I had nothing um, and brought people into almost, almost too much, but not a clear step-by-step plan. Yeah. So, you know, I, there's a couple of things I want to, so number one, you were falling into the typical hobbyist trap where what you were really using were sales strategies, whether, you know, sales strategies for getting customers and for recruiting, but you didn't have that, you weren't thinking more like the business owner, which is not a sales driven business. It's really, you know, and this is, I think a big aha moment that I had that I, you know, I hope 
everybody can, can understand the importance of this. Network marketing is not a sales business. It's not. And the reason why the hobbyist stays stuck in that role is because all they ever do is try to sell and they teach their team how to sell. You're never going to grow a big organization that way. You'll never build like legacy type income. Network marketing is a business of leadership and training. And training and leadership starts with, you know, obviously your mindset, but it's really systems. And, and I say it like this, if you don't have systems, you don't have a business. It's not a business. If it can't run without you, it's not a business. You're never going to have, what's the use of making a lot of money if you have no time freedom to enjoy it? So what you were doing is you were finally realizing, I need to put the systems in place and have more of a system-dependent culture instead of teaching these sales strategies and being people-dependent. But then really, it was like the combination of this awakening that you had with managing your own mind combined with putting this system in place that allowed people to win. That was kind of the, the lighter fluid on the fire that got you to the point that you're at today. So let's talk a little bit more about onboarding though. So Talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you do in your system. So we teach inside of LLA, we teach this kind of 30-day onboarding system that we call the 2730 plan. And we break it up into these three different buckets. Sounds like you just put a little tweak on that, which I love. But what are some of the things that you did in your system in terms of creating it and designing it that you think have been really effective? We've tried to automate some where as soon as they join, they get a welcome email and it tells them to come to our Facebook group. We have units established there where it actually is empowering them, right, to do a little bit, go and find that document, print those. We've created uh, a a two-page document. You talk, you know, it needs to be simple, one to two pages. It's on back and front. And it literally is just a getting started checklist. It's, you know, uh, here's what's going to happen in three days. And we promote doing an unboxing live video um, on your page to start getting interest. We do a little you and two and a me and three and a me and three all within 30 days. And it's broken down into three days, seven days, 14 days, 30 days. Because that that 30 day time period and what I was what the experience that I was having is that you when you bring a new consultant on, if they're inundated with so much information in the beginning, they just kind of stop, right? And that excitement phase, that 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 sense of urgency, that excitement, that's a life blow your team. And you you need to capitalize on that 30 days in the beginning. And so you have to give them that pathway, that literal kind of checklist to give them the confidence to start. Um, so that's, that's literally what we have done and setting their expectations, managing their expectations. So that's really the first before we even get into what you do in three days, seven days is to set those expectations for them about this business. It's not a get rich quick scheme, you know, a little bit of mindset stuff with them early. We give them scripts and it all comes from you. And it's like the, the five proven scripts that work, all that summary language, all of that in a two page document, basically. And we have a, a, a face-to-face and we call it a design plan meeting with them, but it literally is setting expectations, creating a sense of urgency giving them to-dos. And then we do also have a pathway, you know, because I think, and that allows us to kind of filter because of in our particular industry, we attract a lot of people who love our product and really just 
you know, want to use it. And that does, I'm sure that's in, in lots of businesses, but we have a pathway and we literally call it the happiest or the launch with impact pathway mm. and allows us mm. to then be able to dis- discern where we're going to spend a little bit of our, more of our time. Yeah. And, that, and that's an important point because on you're, you don't onboard everyone, right? And you know, th- you're going to have people that are going to join your team that are really nothing more than a glorified kind of preferred customer at this point. And they're still trying to figure out, Hey, do I want to really do this anything more than just enjoying the product? So asking a simple question, don't assume that, you know, because you certainly don't want to waste time trying to like make someone do something that they really didn't sign up to do. So you want to honor them where they're at. But I, what I love about what you're saying is, so as, as I hear you talking in my mind, I'm kind of, I always run a system through four criteria and you're checking every one of these four boxes. Your, every system you have must check all four of these boxes. Number one is it's got to be simple, right? Just got to be simple. And I love it. Two-page document, right? Condense it down. This is one of the first areas where people go wrong is they overcomplicate it. They just give new people too much information. They don't need everything the day they sign up because the more you give them, the more overwhelmed they'll be. They'll start feeling confused. And when somebody's in that mind state, they're going to do nothing. So it's simple. Second thing is it's got to be clearly defined, like step by step. And I love how you chunk it out into these different It's almost like, okay, let's just get you to focus on the first three days for right now. And then let's move to the seven days and then 14. So you're giving them these very clearly defined kind of buckets of time with specific action items. Like in your first three days, you do this, right? So you're really spelling that out. The third one is it has to be tools-based. So you've got videos in your Facebook group. You've got documents that you give them. You got to have third-party tools. And then the fourth one is it has to be action-oriented. And you're giving them assignments, right? Specific to-dos. And if you can have your onboarding system check all four of those boxes, it might not be perfect, but it's going to be enough to get you out there and, and for it to start you know, producing results. So, so let's talk about implementing, right? Because I think this is another area where leaders kind of go wrong. My recommendation is always implement change slowly. Sometimes as leaders, we get a new system or a new idea and we get really excited and we just want to go tell our whole team about it right away. What were some of the steps that you took in the very beginning when you started implementing it? Because I think this also had a big impact on your success. Again, it all came, if you've been following Bob's podcast for a while, there's a, it's, probably around, I want to say it's like 124. I think I have them memorized in terms of the number. <laughs> you know the episode number is better than I do. <laughs> but it, it's talking about when you have a new system and how to implement that, right? So we created this system. Actually, we, we joined my top leader on my team and myself joined together. So we joined in July, the 1st of July. And by a, around the midpoint to the end of the month, we had what we felt like was a good working framework based on yours. And so during the month of July, we recruited three new designers. We took all of them through that new training without really talking about it to anybody else on our team, just just the new people that were coming on. And we tweaked it. Like you said, it wasn't perfect. We changed it and had tremendous success with them. And so then we actually launched it October the 1st to the whole team. So September the 1st is when we started testing with our, it out. Yeah, testing it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. 
And then October is when we rolled it out to our whole team and we had like social proof, you know, we had taken those three through it. And by that time, each three of them had recruited at least one other new designer, if not more. Yeah. So the episode you're referring to, I just had to pull it up here is episode 113, three steps for implementing new systems. So definitely, you know, use that as a follow up here. But, but the first step is, you know, test it out with a handful of people. So you had these three people. You did kind of like almost like a beta test because in your mind, it might seem great, but you're not going to really know until you have new people go through it because sometimes it's hard for us to see something through the eyes of a new person as we progress in our business. So, but you got something that's very important. You got social proof. You had stories. You, so when you started to roll it out to your team in October, it wasn't just you saying, hey, I think this would be a great idea. It's, hey, listen look at these three people that we've had gone through this and look at their results and you tell their stories. So phase number one is test it out with a handful of people, right? And then phase number two is once you've got those success, well, phase number one is actually testing it out in your own business, but it sounds like you kind of did phase one and two simultaneously, which is fine because testing it out in your own business for onboarding is with other people. Yeah. But once you have those stories, then you roll it out. So talk a little bit about how did you roll that out to your team? How did you begin to teach this to your team? So we actually, now I say we rolled it out on October the 1st. We actually did a training sometime in the end of September that showed the new system because we actually like relaunched as a team on October the 1st. Um, with everyone up to date on the new system, everyone that, of course, wanted to, to do this, right? All the, the ones that I call power customers, the, those are the just hobbyists, but everyone who wanted to relaunch. And so we did a, like the end of September, that last week of September, we announced it, taught it to our team, showed where it was in the units. And we relaunched as a team on October the 1st. And we did like a a push October, November, and December. And of course, the results of that were that that 80,000 in volume from that that last quarter. I'm curious, was that you taught it? What did you, did you just do a Zoom that you taught it to everybody or how did you do it? Actually, that was before I even got my Zoom. So it was in a Facebook Live. With, okay, so with you did a Facebook person. Live and you were just kind of walking them through and explaining it yeah. to them. And you had, did you have, you had the documents already? So you had the yeah. documents in the group. And then you just were like, hey, let's go back to everyone and let's take them through this process. So it was kind of like you just had everybody press a reset. Yeah, that's a, that's a great. Actually, what we did is that, that last week when we announced, when I did that, live training of what it was, put it in the units. Then what I asked is everyone who, like me and my frontline that were business builders, that they would have an onboarding call with me with those documents. And then they would do that with theirs. And then they would do that with theirs. So you walk, you actually took them through like a mock onboarding. Mock, exactly. them to then. Be able to do that exact same thing. Awesome. So I'm curious, one of the things that I would have done is record myself doing that. Did you do that as a tool? No, that's, I didn't, but that would have been great. Yeah. yeah. So like as a leader, I'm always thinking like, how can I leverage my time? So like, I don't have to do this with like every single person. Yeah. So um, that would be a good recommendation as a way, like, you know, we're always thinking about, hey, how can we do things, improve Better. the process? 
yeah. record record yourself and then this way because I might want to I might want to hear it more than once but I might feel bad saying hey Christy can you do that for me again right. so I think a really cool thing to do and and this may even be something you still can do is record yourself doing that put that into your Facebook group and have that be something that people can go back to and refer to um, which I think would be really powerful so so the other thing I want to talk to you about is this the last three months of the year. So you did about 80,000 in volume, which is crazy. I mean, it must have just been going, hey, what, like bonkers for you. Was it um, like the first month? Was it split up equally over those three months? Or you know, how did that progression begin to happen? Did you do the majority of it in December? Do you remember how it was? Yeah, do you have any sense I, of how I, that I would was? Think, I think that the majority of it was in November. I think, yeah, Uh, if I can recall. Of course, we also do events, right? So, I mean, it's our product, you know, it's that time of year as well. So, but I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy. Most of it was in October and November. And of course, when we rolled it out, you know, we did a challenge in our team too, right? For those October, November, December that kind of went along with the new onboarding stuff too. Okay, cool. Let me ask you this question. I'm kind of curious. So, in a, a typical, like a hobbyist leader's business, if their business were to grow as fast as yours has, that would also equate to an equal amount of chaos and craziness in their life because they would, you know, a hobbyist, their business owns them. They don't own their business. As you begin to scale your business at this rate, how has that had an impact on your like, time? I mean, do you have, like, what's your time look like now? I mean, this is a really, I know it's like probably going to feed your ego, but it's like every single thing as my business has grown, every single thing that I feel like I need, there's a mission on. (laughs) It it literally has, you know, time management, right? How to do more in less time. And that is plan, you know, uh, set boundaries, schedule and execute, right? All that comes from that, you know, the mission, of how to do more in less time, um, your habits, right? All of these missions that you do in every single month, it seems like it's exactly what I need. So, and I think that that's purposeful on, on you know, your, your part in terms of when you bring someone in, especially the way that the new tiered approach is, when someone comes in as a hobbyist, they're getting exactly what they need in their business because I was totally a hobbyist. Yeah. And then it literally is... I just watch what you do, do exactly what you tell me to (laughs) implement that on my team. And so my team trainings basically follow exactly the missions. Yeah, I started in in January with habits and literally how to do more in less time. And what you're saying is you're on, you're on the right path that we, you know, one of the things that we teach in our, (laughs) well, one of the things we teach in our program is the vision of where we want to help you get to is becoming a legacy leader. And being a legacy leader basically means that you've achieved total freedom in your life. Not just financial freedom, but time freedom and personal freedom, meaning that you've mastered your own mind and you've been able to find fulfillment and happiness and joy and love in the present moment. But what I love to hear about you is you've left that hobbyist role behind because hobbyists, as their income grows, they achieve their, their quality of life goes down. And so what you're saying is you've managed to not only pursue greater financial success, but actually maintain some sense of time freedom and normalcy so that you can actually live your life the way that you want to live it. And I think that 
is I love hearing that because that's why I put this certification program together is to teach network marketers how to become better leaders and how to scale their business and increase their income without having to sacrifice their time and their life. And I think that's, that is such an amazing thing to hear that you've been able to get on that path. Um, so that's, that's really cool. So, and then you always talk about, you know, that when you're doing what's in alignment with your purpose, right? If you're using your business really as a vehicle for your greater vision, when you've done a whole lot, then it, you feel refreshed. You don't feel drained. Yeah. So what is the bigger vision that you have for your life right now and inside of your business? And you know, where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now with all this? That's a great question. <laughs> and it's still kind of coming together. But I do know that I wouldn't be, you know, and I'm still very new, still very novice in the network marketing. I've only been in a year and a half almost two years now. So I know that my whole thing is to help people live with more courage every day, be more creative and be more connected to people around them. So that, and this is why I was attracted to my company, why I was attracted to your program. Um, and so I'm just going to attract those, those people as well and help them live with more courage every day, be more creative and be more connected to um, every, you know, everyone around them. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Courage, creative, and connected. So, yeah. so now we're getting into the whole, you know, I, I just taught this this month is this idea of your deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. One of the, actually a program that I went through called the Video 4X Effect, uh, Brandon Lucero, uh, Brandon's awesome, but he took me through this process of helping me uncover my deeper purpose, right? And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times we get so caught up in I sell this product or I am in a network, but, but we forget about the fact that what really drives us and motivates us is that deeper purpose. And my deeper purpose is to help transform the world through the power of love. And the way that we do that is through creating leaders, a new generation of leaders that live and lead with love. And we go, we're going to change the world together. And, and, but I love mm-hmm. you've tapped into that with helping people have more courage and be more creative and get connected. And so I think mm-hmm. the fact that you're clear on that's the thing ultimately that's driving you, I mean, that's probably, it's, I mean, has that helped you feel so much more fulfilled by what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you're able to, when you're able to articulate that then to, you know, your team and those around you, then you have a greater impact. Right. And so I'm seeing people on my team do the exact same thing. I had a conversation with, you know, someone who, you know, I would categorize as a hobbyist who has already, you know, we had a conversation and, and she is already defining kind of why she loves this business and why she does want to start sharing it with other people as well. Yeah. That's such an important thing for, as a leader to be able to instill that into the culture of your team where you're helping enlarge people's vision that, look, this is more than just us selling products and recruiting. And yes, we want to do that and we want to make money. And, but it's really, it's like, what's that mission behind the work? And, and I think as a leader, you stepping into that is one of the most important things you can do. Cause there's, I see very few leaders that do a good job of casting vision for their team because they lack a vision and your ability to communicate a vision for the work that you do and get people to buy into that, that will do more for the long-term growth and, and retention of your team than anything. You, do. you know, it's literally in, 
your opportunity when you talk about prospecting your prospecting unit and you know it's more our systems are more than just onboarding it's the prospecting system all of that and it literally came from that too it's it's how to make an impact and not just more money right it's about legacy and not not dollars yeah so how's it feel i mean do you, do you spend time thinking about like where you are today? I mean, you're like I on do. the path yeah. to do a quarter of a million dollars. Like you understand yeah. like the, the growth trajectory that you're on right now. It would not be unthinkable that the entire following next year that you do over a million dollars in total sales in your team. That's a very achievable goal at their trajectory. Like do you ever, like do you yeah. spend time really thinking like how do you feel now in the middle yeah. of all this? Yeah, I do think about it a lot and it feels quite amazing. You know, and I've shared this with you before, you know, money and that was never my goal. I mean, I taught school for 20 years, school teacher, you know, so impact is my, is my thing, but at the same time, there's power, right? What, what money allows you to do, right? So for me, that's amazing. It was never on my radar, but you know, I've just opened myself up to the possibilities that God has brought into my life. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I work with a lot of people that are strong in their faith and, you know, they feel called by God to the work that they do and they are focused on impact and giving and contribution that a lot of times they have kind of a messed up relationship to money because they feel that money represents something that's at odds with their spirituality. And, what I think the the shift in belief that you have now that I think is an important one is that money is not good or bad. Money is only what you make it. I actually view money as a byproduct. It's a scoreboard for how many lives you're changing. And to me, I don't pursue money. I pursue changing people's lives. And I know if I'm making a lot of money, I feel really good about that because I've changed a lot of lives. And I think it sounds like you've kind of rewired your money mindset a little bit in that way as well. Definitely. Definitely. And this profession in general, you know, I love, just want to give you a shout out, you know, about, you know, when I first started looking for ways of doing this better, you know, I've shared this with you before that you just kind of that you're inundated with the glam and the cars and the houses and the, all this that you can, that you can have. Right. And so I just love that your mission is to make the world a better place for, for everyone. And that also your time, you know, in this profession is such a great vehicle because you're limited yourself by time and the impact that you can have. And if you can share yourself and, and that and duplicate that on down, you can make so much more of an impact with others through this business through this industry than you ever could on your own. Yeah. And it's not, look, it's not that we don't like nice cars and living in nice homes. It's just that it's just that we understand that those things will never actually bring us what we want, which is fulfillment and joy and happiness. And so, and that's what legacy leadership is all about. Yes, we want you to become wealthy because look, I think as a community, and I can speak pretty confidently knowing that if you listen to this podcast, you have the same heart and soul that we do, we all have a responsibility to make a lot of money in our lifetime because we are the people that are going to do the most good with it in the world. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's exciting. So Christy, look, I am so grateful that you 
are a part of our community. You are the true definition of a legacy leader. And um, I just want to express some gratitude to you and thank you for sharing your story. I know that this episode, I have a sneaky suspicion, is going to really make a difference in a lot of people's lives. So thanks for being willing to do this. And, um, you know, can't wait to see. Yeah, can't wait to see how this progresses for you. So thanks for being here today. Me too. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that interview and and congrats again to Christy. So proud of her and so proud of all. We just love bragging on our students. You know, I love I love hearing stories like Christy's, people that were just great people that had this heart to want to serve and help and and build a business and for all the right reasons that come to us struggling and with just a couple of simple tweaks can really start to transform their business and transform their life. So, hey, look, if you know that you need some help on onboarding, Make sure you register for that training happening next week on the 27th. Just go to yourvirtualupline.com forward slash onboarding. We will put that link in the show notes. And hey, spread the word to your teams. Let everybody know. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for being here. Love you. Appreciate you. Take care.